0: You heard the scripture reading, but I want you to focus on verses 24 and 25. That says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, and this is the amplified version. This is what represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance of me. If you would, please consider this as a thought for tonight. I can't help but remember. Pray with me, if you would. Kind Father, send in the sweet name of Jesus that we pause to say thank you for the time, opportunity, and space to lift your word and to remember why we take these elements. Bless the study, the writing, the manuscript, and this, this time with your anointing. And we will be careful to give your name, the praise, glory, and honor because you alone are worthy. I can't help but remember. The scripture read in our hearing are words that were spoken by Jesus in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, and repeated by Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 26. They point us to the Lord's Supper. This supper is, without question, one of the greatest memorials ever constructed. Memorials built by man fade and decay, but this one, like the word of God, will never pass away. It has stood the test of time, and wherever people of faith come together to eat and drink the symbols that represent the body and blood of Christ, it ought to bring fresh to our remembrance the pain, the suffering, and the death of a loving Savior who was willing to sacrifice his life for us. I can't help but remember. Pam, I wonder why the Lord thought it was necessary to reiterate multiple times that whenever we do this, we ought to do it in remembrance of him. I wonder why we would have to be reminded that this sacred act, which is one that we should never forget, I wonder why we would have to be told over and over again. I think, this is just Lisa, you don't have to buy this, I think that the Lord knows we can be fickle sometimes. You know we can remember what we want, how we want, but I think it's interesting that there are things that come to our remembrance without anybody having to tell us to remember it. Let me test my claim. Jamie Foxx has a show called Name That Tune. Well, my version is Name The Artist. I want you all to tell me if you remember who this artist is. Uh, Anthony will get this. Do you remember a time when we fell in love, we were young and innocent then, do you remember the time? Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Anthony's over there nodding his head yeah, (laughs) he's not saying anything but he he remembers or somebody who's a little bit more seasoned do you remember the 21st night of September love was changing the minds of pretenders, come on y'all while chasing the clouds away, y'all don't have to be holy, y'all can say earth, wind and fire (laughs) (laughs) Or do you remember the song by Phil Collins when he was calling somebody to the carpet for telling some lies? Phil Collins says, do you remember? It's funny that we can remember those songs without problem because they are connected to a time in our lives that bring back memories, good or bad, and nobody has to remind us of what that means. But somehow we do an act of Eucharist and we have to be reminded why we're doing it. People of God, please help me understand why it is that the Lord's Supper, also called the Lord's Table, Holy Communion, the Cup of Blessing, the Eucharist, or the breaking of bread, whichever way you call it—is it is associated with a time that Christ was on his way to be crucified, and we, for whatever reason, need to be reminded to do this in remembrance of him. There are times in all of our lives when we forget something, but this one thing must always Be on our mind. Christ died for us. When the pain of remembering occurs, Mirschlaf Volst suggests that memories which deeply trouble us must pass through the thin gate of truth to become memories which allow us to live at peace with ourselves. In other words, when things are painful, we start to tell lies to ourselves so that we don't have to live with the pain of the memory. But this is something that is painful but it's necessary for us to remember so that we don't take the Lord's love for granted. Our text this evening takes place in Jerusalem, just before Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where the passion of Christ began. It is here that Jesus dealt with a great sense of agony relative to his call. You see, he was being called to serve as the perfect sacrifice for reconciling humankind with God, all while knowing that one of his closest friends was about to betray him, Another was about to deny him, and he was about to experience the agony and trauma of being beaten to the point of death. How on earth could we ever forget what he's done for us? This meal happens in the last week of Jesus' life on earth. It is the week of when, the Jewish people, when Jewish people celebrate what is called the Feast of Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This feast was, was and continues to be held every spring the 14th of Nisan, which is somewhere on our calendar between March and April. This meal was one that clarifies one important revelation about Christ. It is here that we realize that the Son of God was simultaneously fully human and fully divine. It is in this moment that the fullness of Christ's humanity is on display, where he experiences joy and sorrow, loneliness, hunger, affection, anguish, and camaraderie, Yet he never lost sight of his sonship. He never relinquished the certainty that he was a child of God. Unlike many of us, when we're in a tight situation and forget that we belong to God, Jesus was grounded in his surety of righteousness and gloriously represented what was otherwise a hopeless situation for all of humanity. I can't help but remember y'all. I think we lose sight of the fact that whether we want to believe it or not, In God's infinite wisdom and sovereignty, he has called all of us to do the very same thing. He's called us to be reconciled with God and to bring others to a place of reconciliation with Christ. However, we're not often willing to go through the agony of what that really means. Too often we're excited about the part in the scripture where it says, he took bread and blessed it. We want to stop right there. We want to hold on to the blessing part, but for God to use us, often it takes a breaking um, to happen for us to be fully used to our capacity. The scripture, not Lisa, said, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and then he gave it away. There are a whole lot of people wanting platforms, wanting to be in grand places, wanting the notoriety of showing up on certain stages, But there's a a cost associated with that. Paul said, I want to give to you what has been given to me so that you can be clear about what comes with taking on this cross or taking on, taking these elements. People want to be used on stages, but many aren't willing to be broken. But that's another sermon for another day. Let me get back to the Lord's Supper. Christ is about to go to the cross but he had to pass through a garden. Even though he's been falsely accused and on his way to death for it, he's been blessed and now he's being broken so that he can be given away to the world. Many of us know what it's like to be persecuted or falsely accused, to be marginalized because we don't fit the mold of what others think we should be. We've been rejected because we aren't the right in the right socioeconomic bracket, don't have the right level of education, not the right race, not the right size, not the right sorority or fraternity, the, the right church, and the list could go on and on if we let man determine who's going to be blessed. But God loved us enough to, to send his son that he would die and we would have everlasting life because of his death. God was willing to do whatever he needed to do to cover whatever we will do for the rest of our lives. Jesus was pained by the stuff, the sinful and decrepit human condition, and was willing to give up his life for us. Can you imagine what God is feeling right now in 2021? We got fake news, alternative facts, governmental leadership that looks like a bunch of middle schoolers pretending to be our three branches of government, and folks are engaging in the power of darkness like it's normal behavior. I'm so glad that Jesus took on our sin and became the pardon for the things we have done, are doing, and will continue to do until we reach glory, so we can't forget to do this in remembrance of him. The first thing I want to suggest is every time we do this, we are reminded that this is a command from the Lord for us to remember. No matter which translation of the Bible you read, when you read the scriptures, it says in verses 24 and 5, do this, that's a command. It doesn't say do it if you feel like it. It doesn't say you should probably do this in remembrance of me. It doesn't say maybe you should do this in remembrance of me. He commanded us that when we take the bread and drink the wine, we're honoring the death of Christ, and we have to remember why we're doing it. The Eucharist, or the Lord's Supper, speaks of the unity of believers, and it reminds us that we didn't have to do anything but accept him to have the privilege of partaking in this act. The command is to signify that I am a child of God, It is a seal in our relationship with God. It causes us to remember that we can receive all the benefits of the new covenant because we believe Christ died and was raised for us, which takes me to our second point. We can't help but remember because every time we do this, we confess the Lord is our Savior. This isn't about Moses or Abraham or Isaiah. This isn't really about the Passover or anything else. The focus is Jesus. When we confess Jesus as Lord and remember him in the partaking of these elements, we declare that Christ gave his body and blood for us. This is about a personal relationship with an intentional confession that the bread and wine symbolizes the body of Christ, and that was the ultimate sacrifice for, him, for us. And so when we do it, we proclaim him until he comes again. And so we consecrate ourselves every time we eat and drink these elements. And finally, we can't help but remember, because every time we do this, we commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. This remembrance entails the use of tangible elements to stir our hearts and minds with the physical and eating and drinking of these elements. In other words, eating and drinking is to remind us of the spiritual ingestion and saving benefits of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Regular food and drink are essential to sustain our physical bodies, but these elements are shared as commemoration of a spiritual sustenance that comes through the body and blood of Christ, which is paramount. As I close and take my seat... I want you to remember that it may seem strange for someone to be willing to die for you and me. But 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 in the RSV reminds us, the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Officer Serene Jones invited us to come with her to the cross in her book, Trauma and Grace. It is an invitation where we stand off at a distance, gazing upon a horrific sight. For those who cannot see, she describes it. She says, there I am. There we are, all of humanity. A man gentle of spirit, fierce in heart, is nailed to a cross, tortured, dying. There are people scattered around him, some good, others bad, where others and others who are just present. Beholding him as he turns and beholds him, then we see him, he sees us, and in the space between our shared gazes, dark clouds are gathering. There is blood and urine and gasping words and collapsing worlds, and then somehow suddenly, in the midst of it all, there's redemption, salvation comes. It is the still, in the stillness of our hearts where we must go to find and experience this true love he has for us. There is a divine image within each one of us, which is the love of God. This makes us all worthy of what he has in store for us. As I close and take my seat for real this time. I'm a black Baptist preacher. <laughs> Y'all know we close about four or five times before we actually close. Please remember that Christ died once for all of us, and we all belong to the family of God. I want you to remember that you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I can't help but remember because he sees the dirt and agony that we've experienced. I can't help but remember because he sees the beauty while we're still experiencing the ashes. Anthony, I can't help but remember because he sees the greatness beneath the lack of confidence. I can't help but remember because he knows about the days when I was acting like David with Bathsheba while being called to a posture of royalty. We ought to all do this in remembrance of him because he knows all about things that we will never tell anyone else about. I can't help but remember because he knows who we are while we're still becoming. And nevertheless, he uses us anyway. My question to you this evening is, do you really remember Why you take these elements, I know I can't help but remember.